the time you spend with people is with like-minded attitude, loving Jesus, worshipping God, wanting to be in church, wanting to share my heart of love with people, caring for people, loving people. Not everybody's like that. And so sometimes when you're passionate for Jesus, some people don't understand it. I haven't even got into the message that I was going to. I just wanted to keep it shorter this morning because of Christmas. Probably got things you've got planned. You might have been thinking about it while you're in worship. Well, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? Christmas is all about him. And so... I guess I've been waiting and searching and waiting and searching and waiting and asking God, is it ever going to happen, Lord? To find some people with like heart, with like desire, with like passion for worship. And the word that's coming out by the Spirit of God is just, so good. So there is a, a, a move of God that's going to start affecting a lot of places. We're coming in to the great awakening. There will be churches that are going to be experienced a greater impact, if you like, the presence of God is going to come into the house of God in a greater measure. I believe a lot of people are going to have an opportunity to get on board with the more in God and it'll sort out who's who in the zoo, who's who in the church, who wants to be passionate for Jesus and who wants to just be a nominal Christian. Nominal Christians like to have a predictable program. They like to have the service all scripted in church where they know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen and have the wrap up in, you know, three quarters of an hour, maybe an hour. But there's no passion. There's just maybe a feeling of obligation to God where I need to come and do my church thing so I feel good about what Jesus has done for me. And, and this is happening in so many places. There's just a gathering for church to do our church thing without having an encounter with God. The program doesn't allow for anything else to happen in the church apart from what's on the program. But a lot of Christians, nominal Christians, who are, are not really hungry for God, that's what they prefer. And I found 
when God touched my heart and I was so passionate for him, I lost some friends. But I gained more of Jesus. Because I made a choice. Lord, it's you first and foremost in everything I do. If the people in the church don't like it, that's your problem. I knew that my heart was right before God. I knew that all I wanted was what he wanted. I knew that I was prioritizing the word and the spirit for the house of God. But it really sorted things out in the house as to who was really hungry for God and loving God and who just wanted to have same old, same old. This is what's going to be happening in a lot of churches. There's going to be a move of God where there's going to be a testing, a proving of who wants what. And we're going to see the greatest revival in the house of God, in the world. We are going to see an in-gathering into the house of God like nothing we have ever experienced before. We are also going to see a lot of Christians who have left church coming back to the house of God. God is going to touch their hearts and there's going to be the greatest in-gathering. God is going to have a harvest like nothing we've ever seen before. We need to keep our hearts right when we see people coming back into the house of God that we might have had a bit of an attitude towards. Well, I've always been faithful. I stayed in church and they left the church. Why do they think they've got the right to come back and just... Older son syndrome. When the prodigal comes back, really gets his nose out of joint. We've got to have all the things that that God is planning for the church in his time, in his place, how he wants to do it. Our responsibility is to keep our heart right. And do you know what keeps your heart right? Do you know what keeps the soul aligned? Worship. Worship. So you can come into the house of God and you might have a thousand things going through your head. All the things that I've been trying to sort out, everything that's gone wrong on the way to church. All sorts of things can happen. But I come into the house of God and say, Lord, I lock all of that out. I center my thoughts on you and I worship you. And then our heart is aligned. We can begin to hear the word. God brings a word that sorts out all the issues of these we're worried about and everything works together for good to those who love God and worship him with all their heart. So that'll keep. (laughs) It's all about him. It's all about him. Father, we just thank you so much for sending Jesus. Lord, we don't have the words to express how thankful we are 
that we do our best, we just say, we love you, we thank you, and we worship you. And we give you priority in everything we do, Lord. Father, I'm asking that you would help each one of us to be conscious of your spirit, of your presence, all through this time of Christmas and what's coming in this new year, Lord. Help us to have a greater awareness of your spirit moving us into the realms that you've positioned us for where we can hear more of the revelation of the truth of your word that's going to bring us into an understanding of all the things that you have prepared. And we thank you, Father. Thank you so much. We give you all the glory and all the praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now, we're going to have communion, so if you haven't got your elements, you can get them up the back there. just wonder as um, you know as we're coming um, to Christmas um, would we just good to go around the room and see what kind of reflections or what are your thoughts in and around Christmas uh, I know we've had lots of celebrations within our community and um, but you know I think it's a time for uh, Christians um, a lot of us, and most of us, I would say, have been reflecting on Jesus and, and what that, that significance of the baby. Now, we all celebrate babies. I think we all love babies when they come. But, you know, when we think about this baby being born, how, uh, how special, not that, they, not that Jesus in the sense of his, of his humanity was any more special than a, like a baby... But this was something that uh, God had had planned right from the beginning. And I think as Christians, we do reflect a lot on what it means. And it doesn't just mean the baby bit, the bit where we enjoy the baby. Although I think that's what a lot of the world does. It's a baby. Uh, It's a special baby. But uh, I think when Christians reflect, it's far more... um, some, a far more deeper experience in our reflection. And I've been thinking about in the last weeks or so just about God's grace and, uh, and how incredible God's grace is. Uh, and um, I'd just like to read a little bit out about Ephesians because this baby carried the whole purpose of grace, um, the whole, whole expression of grace. And his mission was grace. In Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Um, A Passion Translation says uh, something like, um, It's a total cancellation of our sin. A total cancellation. You know that's really hard to hard to um, understand. What grace is behind that? What mercy is behind that? What um, undeserved mercy, undeserved favour uh, is behind that? That 
our sins could be just cancelled. You know, it's a bit like, um, you know, if you're in a classroom and you write things on the board, if you came out and write all the things, like all your sins on the board, and someone came in with a duster and just went, all cancelled, all wiped away. That's amazing grace. Uh, Just amazing grace. And the Passion Translation says, it says, it's total cancellation of our sin, all because of his cascading uh, riches of his love or his grace. All because of the cascading riches of his love or grace. And when I was thinking about that, I, I think a cascade's a bit like a waterfall that comes down at different levels. Uh, but I was thinking about how, how God's um, grace uh, just cleanses us. It's, it's like standing under a bit of a cascade, just having a good wash. You know, and you go to different levels in it. And God's grace is like that. We have different understandings of his level, of the level of grace. And I think we understand that the biggest one is that he forgives our sins, wipes them out. And then as we stay in the cascading love of his grace, things happen. You know, and I think like the water to me speaks, and and, uh, this is just something I was just thinking about, it sort of speaks to me of, of such a, an understanding that we have of God's word being like water washing us, you know, and we're just standing and if we keep positioning ourselves under that water, you know, and allow that, that, that grace that lavished, that God lavishes upon us just to wash us, take us to new levels in grace, wash us. As we hear his word, we're transformed. It's such a transforming thing. God's grace. It's just amazing. If you look back on your life, your understanding of grace has changed, hasn't it? Yeah? And we just want to... I was just reflecting on God just... Thank you so much for your grace, but let us have a deeper understanding. I think as we understand God's grace and how incredible it is, we will worship more because we'll just be awestruck will just be amazed and we will worship more as we as we sort of understand his grace and and the second part's really quite good good from the translation in the passion because it talks about this super abundant grace i love that you know it never runs out does it super abundant it just keeps going that cascade just keeps flowing it keeps going it never runs out is already powerfully working in us. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing all form, forms of wisdom and practical understanding. So as, we, as this grace is flowing over us, as we receive grace for forgiveness of sin, it's also inside working. It just keeps working. It just keeps working within us. And... Uh, and it's amazing. It's just amazing. So I this morning as we partake of the body and the blood and we think about this time we reflect uh, and we have a reflection on, on Christmas, let's just be so grateful for his amazing grace he, he, that is lavished, lavished upon us even though we don't deserve it.
Would you like to stand? Father, we just thank you. We, we thank you so much that you had a plan. You had a plan to rescue. You had a plan to deal with sin. And Lord, as we partake this morning, give us a deeper revelation of your wonderful grace, that unmerited favour, that undeserved mercy that you extended towards us through Jesus Christ. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Let's just partake. Lord, we just thank you for the blood that we shed. We thank you for Jesus. When we look at the baby that we celebrate, Lord, we just see Jesus on the cross, the purpose for which he came. So much greater. Father, we just thank you for your blood, the blood of Jesus that was presented to you. Lord, for our healing. And we just ask that there'll just be a releasing of healing in this house a releasing of healing to those that we personally know that need healing let there just be a releasing because the blood of Jesus paid the price thank you Jesus let's just partake you may be seated thank you Well, everyone have a very Merry Christmas. Try not to eat too many chocolates and all the food that you put on weight. <laughs> but um, have a wonderful day tomorrow. Enjoy your families, enjoy your friends and enjoy your little gifts that you get. And um, have a great break and we'll be here at 10 o'clock next week.